bring everyone together for a great time with the Nintendo Switch system. Get the whole family in on the fun with exciting games that everyone can enjoy, like Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, and more. Nintendo Switch has three different play modes all in one system. Play in TV mode, tabletop mode, or handheld mode when you're on the go. Visit nintendo.com slash us slash switch to learn more. Games rated E for everyone. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card, issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval terms apply. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk Sports Edition. And for this installment, we're going to revisit the materials world. Uh, today, hacks and gizmos. I got Gary O'Reilly. Gary, good to always have you here. Hey, Neil. All right. Everyone should know you by now, but a former soccer pro, <laughs> pro guy yeah. over in the UK turned announcer, and then we got you over here stateside. So I'm delighted by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives authenticity to this sports edition identity and uh, chuck nice chuck hey what's happening neil i do dude never uh, did any sports ever no but i once uh, i once kicked something <laughs> okay and you joked about sports there right? so there you go yeah. there you- <laughs> so i uh, would, would just consider what role um innovation which leads to inventions and how they have influenced everything we do in this world, especially sports. And so our guest, this time, this is a second or third time on Star Talk, Dr. Judd Reedy. Judd, welcome back to Star Talk. Thank you, Neil. Great to be back. I'm really making a play to be part of your Star Talk All-Stars here, so I don't know what the, what the oh, minimum God. number is to get there. <laughs> there is a minimum Ooh. number. That's right. That's Speaking right. Speaking of sports, yes. Yeah, above, above, if you, above a certain number of appearance, we... But you have a punch card. It's got to be double digits, I'm sure. You get a free free something. (laughs) What's that, Chuck, you were saying? No, I was saying it's uh, all-stars. Can't get more sports than that, man. Oh, all-star. Exactly. Exactly. And and also in our third segment, we're going to have Judd answer some of your cosmic queries that you sent us from the the Patreoniverse. Bring them on. Let's see what we got. Just created that word. I like that. So you're down at Georgia Tech. And did you? Are you the founder, or just simply the head of the Institute for Materials? Actually, a deputy. I was been around since the founding of the Institute for Materials. Uh, we're on our second director uh, now, Professor Eric Bogle, a good friend of mine as well. Um, so we've been doing materials uh, as the Institute for Materials now for close to a decade. But materials research at Georgia Tech—it's been going on since it was founded in 1800s uh, when it was metallurgy. 1800. Oh, you're not that old. Okay. No. So, so material science is one of the most important yet uncelebrated branches of physics and engineering that there is. You guys come up with stuff and then it just works its way into our environment. And then we're there and we're using it. We're, uh, we're enjoying it. And somebody came up with the idea. Somebody thought it up and they're hardly ever celebrated or heralded. Mm. So how come you all are just so behind the scenes on this? What's yeah. going on? You guys are the Obamacare of science. <laughs> We are, we are totally we are totally everywhere everywhere. I mean, if you look look everywhere, look through history. You got the Stone Age, Bronze Age, Iron Age. All of these are dictated by the, the key material that was militarily useful. And shortly after that, it became uh, sociologically useful for for us to do things. Now um, we're less less concerned, hopefully, about fighting wars with each other. That many of the materials are now rapidly progressing into today's society, whether it's um, the silicon chips in our computers that allow us to do these things, titanium and bicycles. I mean, there's a variety of different uh, materials that were 
originally for defense applications and are now uh, able to be used uh, by by men, women, and children across the world. But everything. So would you say that? Would you would you say that because this is considered the age of information that we're truly the silicon age? Yeah, I would definitely the semiconductor age. Um, it's you know every everything around. Oh, no, it can't be. We're talking about natural materials now: Bronze Age, Stone Age, this age, that age. So following Chuck here, bronze is not natural. Bronze is not does not. Oh, nat- true. Does Ooh, not ouch. Occur, Ooh. Doesn't occur Ooh. naturally. Um, oh, you know, yeah, the, that's the copper and zinc. Copper and zinc. Copper and zinc. Damn. Wow. That, co- Busted on that one. Uh, okay. I'm going to bust you again. I'm sorry. It's actually copper and tin is bronze and copper oh. and zinc is brass. The Z and the S are switched. Just to, That's how material scientists keep you on your toes to mm. not, not let you remember those damn, things easily. I, damn, I did a double. Okay, I should just I'm shut sorry. up right now. I, you can cut that. You can trim <laughs> that's that. That's okay. You can edit it's all right. it out. <laughs> I don't mind looking bad. That's I don't mind the, looking but bad. the brass age is still going. That's in Norland. That's Norland. The brass age is still happening. Yeah, fine jazz, definitely. That's one of the. That's one of the. That's the next course I want to create here at Georgia Tech is material science and engineering of music. Cover woodwinds and brass and all sorts of stuff. But let's talk about sports today for sure. Okay. Yeah, sports. Yeah, thank you. So right now you uh, you couldn't get back to your office. Where where are you reporting from now? Yeah. Uh, so lecture just ended ten minutes ago. Um, and so we're today for material science and engineering of sports, we were doing basketball. So we're here at um, Zelnak uh, Practice Center, McCamish, our basketball pavilion is literally through this door right here. Um, and so we're, we're covering basketball. So we're talking about shoes and uh, uniforms, uh, the floor itself. Uh, we're also going to introduce a, a study on rim rebound elasticity, the measure of which it's, it's coefficient of restitution, basically for the rim, uh, how much energy right. is Ooh, I want a dead rim so that my bounce that doesn't bounce out. That's, it that's, absorbs the energy and falls yeah, in. Yeah, it's reg- regulated by the NCAA. It needs to be between 0.35 and 0.5, uh, which is a huge range, frankly. Uh, and as long as your school falls in there, it's fine. Even, even the ones on either end of the court don't have to be the same. They only have to be within 15, 15% of each other. Ooh, yeah. That's tricky. Wow. That's tricky yeah. when you, when you, when yeah, you're very, so, wait, so, what, so I, well, I got one for you, Jed. What the, what the rim you really want is a black hole. <laughs> anything, <laughs> do. anything that anything crosses near it goes in. horizon is <laughs> anything get close to it. I need, right. I need a black hole like that big. Can you imagine how many balls? Yeah, you how many trick shots? Well, that's like baseball; they lose twenty yeah. balls a game. Mm-hmm. No, so so you teach class on location. Yeah, we go at these places. Yeah, Georgia Tech's really uh, unique in that our athletic associations embraced innovation. And um, when I was on the board of trustees, I proposed this course, and they said, "Great, let's." Well, the coaches will work with you without asking the coaches first, and then I asked the coaches, and they, and they, and they said, <laughs> "That's and, how you do that. Agreed that's it. how you do that." Yeah, and they agreed it, and yeah. so we cover um, all of them. We we. Uh, on Monday, we did track and field. We've done baseball. We've done softball. We'll do volleyball later on. We'll do swimming and diving, which was one of our episodes before. It's such a great way to learn, Judd, to see it, the thing that you're, you've kind of seen on a screen it's a clandestine, come to life. It's a clandestine and way of teaching can, material science to non-material science major. I've got a lot of biomedical engineers, some management majors, other people that have never heard of a dislocation or a body-centered cubic or tetragonal structure or anything like that. And I can show them, you know, 3D printed butterheads and how, how we make, well, what's, make a, what's a butterhead? What's a butterhead? Putter. Putter. Oh, putter. a putterhead. Putter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Putter. You know, I heard butterhead too, Chuck, again, Chuck. And I wasn't just you. <laughs> Wait, before we get to the putter, this is, I'm fascinated by this yeah. origin story. One of your students took your class, right? And um, came to you with the idea of a concept that you use the, the, L-Z-R-D, lizard. I would pronounce that lizard. Lizard, Yeah, right. a lizard sleeve. And that person is now CEO of their own company. Yeah. And you're the chief technology officer. So your student is now your boss. Okay, first, what the hell is a lizard sleeve? And secondly, I think it's great. You now report to your students. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> The ultimate revenge, depending on what's, what, the, what grade the student got. Right? He, we got to know Mike that. got an A and he's graduated now. So he's, he's, he's uh, no longer my student. But yeah, so he, came, he was a wide receiver in high school. Uh, and he came up with this idea of a compression sleeve. Wide receiver in, in American, American football. Oh, yes, sorry. Yeah. As opposed to Gary's football. Um, and, <laughs> and, and so you'll see a compression sleeve like oh, this. Oh, well, I see all these guys all the time. Wearing, so just for the listeners... Judd has put on what looks like a compression sleeve. 
but you, you'll see that there's, there's a difference. Uh, the, all the compression sleeves out there right now are uh, the same all the way around. It's the same material, so it tends to be slippery, which is really bad for a football player. You don't want slipperiness. Doubt. Better to have died a small child than fumbled the football. Like uh, <laughs> that's what Coach Heisman. Oh, that's what Coach wait, Heisman said. Can, can you tell him that? Can you tell he's down in Georgia right now? <laughs> <laughs> Better to have died, died as a small than to child. Have fumbled. <laughs> Coach Heisman was coach at Georgia Tech, and that's where he said that, and it's totally true. Um, that's awesome. oh my gosh. We'd rather so see you. We'd rather see you drop a baby than drop the football. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Wait, so so wait, wait, so these compressor sleeves, we've seen many athletes mm -hmm. use them, and they usually uh, 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 they go over their limbs and yep. go across a joint, typically. Yeah, and so um, those are the, the same material all the way around. What Mike said was, hey, what if we made the outside still slippery so that I could shed a defender, but the inside uh, more sticky, a higher coefficient of friction uh, so that I could hold the ball better? And so with a, it's what's known as a warp knit, uh, it's a combination of polyester, nylon, and polyurethane uh, fibers. Polyurethane is commonly known as spandex. Um, that spandex fiber comes to the top of the inside part, and so it's uh, sticky. It's got a higher coefficient of friction, but it is not like a, a coated-on material. It doesn't launder off. It's not uh, like a stick-on like you have with wide receiver gloves. And so uh, we, we generated these sleeves, uh, Mike's selling them right now. Wait, wait, Judd, I have to go to my panel on this. Um, Gary, Chuck, like, should this even be legal? It is. You know, we, we, after, we wrote, after, after- No, no, I didn't ask you, Judd. Judd, I didn't ask you. I got, this is I my people here. I get the robot. If, <laughs> if, if, yeah, okay. If no one objects, then go for it. If there's nothing already in the rule book that says you cannot, then you go for it. Now, if they like that, the, the sort of swimwear that they started to use it and everyone went, ah, 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 you're too good. Take it off. Then Why is that different? It's some kind of exoskeleton skin, exoskin right. that changes the dynamics of your play. And it's not you. You're not a better athlete for it. Can I say so, something? <laughs> no, you, Judd. It's not resisting. <laughs> you're not resisting. Yeah, shush. This guy, okay, this guy invents something and then thinks he can it's just take over. Terrific. My wife says I, I know. My wife says I interrupt all the time. But it's open to everybody. No. Okay, no, Judd, Judd. The technology, Neil, is open to everybody. This isn't exclusive to one team only. This is being sold over the internet to people who want to use it. So I think the advantage... So why don't we just create Glue Man as receivers and send them out there, and if it touches any part of their physical body, it sticks like Velcro. They used to have that. They used to have that. It was called Stick'em, mm -hmm. and, uh, and they, yeah. they, they stopped players from using it because they, they started it. slathering it all over everything their entire So what's wrong with that? So... That's What's nasty. wrong with that? That's nasty. That's why. Oh, it's the nasty it's rule. Right. Sticking to each other. That's the nasty rule. <laughs> <laughs> Judd. So, so, Judd, I have to ask, in the development of this material, are you stealing a play from Mother Nature's playbook here? Is it biomimicry, or is this a very clever use of uh, Yeah, there's a couple, couple things. So I didn't talk about that. The outside part of the sleeve does use biomimicry. It's a special type of fabric that promotes wicking. So the capillary action that you see in trees, for instance, that, right. pull, that pulls moisture away. So it pulls the moisture from my skin, brings it out to the surface where it evaporates and, and cools me. Um, so that... Wait, wait. I've never seen capillary action in a tree. You mean, we know that that's what trees do. Yep. Uh, the, the way you could see it would be to take a very small straw and put it in a glass of water and you would see it rise up the water. So the level inside that straw would be a little bit higher than. So what you say, I just wanted to clarify when you say we see capillary action, you mean yeah. we know that that's what they do sure. by looking inside. Not that we just, you know. Uh, you uh, can't go look uh, at a tree. You can't see the transpiration. Right, Joyce Kilmer was not seeing capillary action when the famous poem was composed about trees. Yep. You can occasionally see it if you just cut the tree and the, the water continues to, to flow flow out of it like freshly cut wood, but I completely Okay, agree. so you mean capital action because trees have to bring water from the ground upward against gravity. Yep. So, so that makes it go. slick on the one side and sticky for the receiver side because receivers often have their hands, uh, the, their, the inside of their forearms exposed to receive a ball. Right, and you would not want that covered with sweat, for instance. It would, right. be, it would be slippery. Now, getting back to this rule situation, was Stickham was ruled out, but wide receivers do have gloves. 
currently allowed. And we submitted this to the NCAA uh, rules guru, czar kind of guy. Uh, and we got our letter back on official NCAA stuff that said, hey, this is approved for competition. So which because it's approved in NCAA, uh, high schools tend to also follow that, uh, right. but not necessarily in NFL. So we'll approach NFL later. But really, our largest market right now is actually um, delivery, warehouse and farmware. Like anybody that needs to carry like boxes or sacks of fertilizer or whatever. Oh, wow. this is really helpful. So they're not throwing the packages out <laughs> <at> the <each other. laughs> No. But you don't want to drop it. And the guys were dropping. The guys were dropping lots of. Them you don't so want to drop the eggs. That's the one drop the tomatoes. <laughs> that's the lower end delivery services. That's that's not UPS or FedEx or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I just want to. I have to put a nuance in our vocabulary here because I think when you use the word sticky to people, they think of something tactilely yeah. uh, sticky and glue like, as opposed to something that's simply rougher and has just simply higher friction. Yep. But it's not—it's not stuck to the surface in the sense we think of glue or scotch tape sticking to a surface. Is that distinction fair enough to make? That is—it's not an add-on at all. It's just that the spandex fibers come to the top of the weave so that it's a higher coefficient of friction here, but not on the inside so that you can slide it on and off without it, you know, grabbing your arm. Mm. Wow. Okay. Mm. Oh, so now all you have to do is design a new pigskin that sticks to the fabric on your arm, and then it'll be like a Velcro kind of thing. <laughs> we'll put that in front of the rules committee and see what they say. <laughs> so you, I knew you guys had questions for him. Uh, Chuck, Gary, what do you have? So, okay, Judd, we've talked about products like this before with, with glove designers at one of the major sports brands, and one of the issues they had was durability. So if you're bringing these spandex fibers to the surface, and you're getting a lot of contact friction. Does this Wear damage, and tear. or is it durable? Yeah, is this is this product durable, or is it over-engineered? Do you know? Do I have to do I buy one sleeve for for life, or have you built in something, or, or what is the deal? I was going to say before you answered that, uh, Judd, the fact that you're actually making these yourself, I hope they're not durable. <laughs> For, fortunately, we've got a we've got a got a, a production partner uh, that that makes these uh, you know by the hundreds and thousands of yards of fabric at a time. Uh, so so they're commercially viable, commercially commercially scaled. Um, the and plus, Judd, if I if I remember my uh, friction physics, where you have high friction, you're guaranteed to have a higher um, rate of of um, we'll erosion, a, high, a higher rate of wear and tear. That almost has to be the case, isn't that right? It's a fiber. It's it's a polyurethane fiber, spandex uh, that that's comes comes to the surface, uh, and is is more um, provides a higher coefficient of friction. It, it's not an add-on material. It's been um, just a no. But it means all I'm saying is that if things are sort of stuck to it, they, it doesn't slide. That means whatever urge it might have had to slide is being is being grabbed by the material. And that's got to create a higher wear and tear than something that's smooth, doesn't it? It's a, it's, it, it, it would stresses the material more. It would see, stresses. That's all I'm trying to say. Thank you. Chuck. Based on our, our our testing so far, not an issue. Uh, we've done these industrial laundering because um, some of the, um, the the major delivery firms have uniforms and they go through much more aggressive laundering than what you and I have at our at our um, do our laundry, and they've survived thousands of cycles uh, of being laundered. And again, because it's not a add-on liquid or anything like that that's cured on there, it, it, it stays. So it, it, okay. what, we, what we do notice, we do notice that our logo peels off that after a thousand or so that <laughs> that's been, <laughs> that's that's been about the problem. So we'll work on that. Not, oh, not good marketing there, Judd. Not good marketing. We'll where can, because you said you can uh, get it if you're a high school player or a college player, where can you get this? Because guess what? I bet you there's a lot of high school kids who'd be like, let me get on this right now. Hello, scholarship. Yeah, mamas and daddies would love that too, for sure. Um, yeah, you just go to lizardtech.com, L-Z-R-D tech, T-E-C-H.com and order away. Michael, love, love to uh, Man, get You guys some. are all in on that. Listen, we got to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about more innovations that come out of this lab, including, what is it, a, a, a golf putter that is inspired or borrows airplane technology. I got to see what that one's about when we return on Star Trek Sports Edition. <laughs> 
Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. We're back, Star Talk Sports Edition. We've got someone who's becoming a friend of Star Talk, an engineer from Georgia Tech, Judd Reedy. Judd, it's great to have you back. For and it's not your first Star Talk rodeo, and I expect to have many more of these because you work in, in in fascinating fields, not only as they apply to sports, but to the military, to all the rest of us who are neither in the military or play sports. So you're you're a key source of knowledge and insight into things that are shaping this world. Thank you, Neil. Literally and figuratively. So, and I got uh, Chuck and Gary, too. So, okay, guys. Hey. So, let me say, t- tell me now, what was, what did, what's been going on with golf? Um, uh, golf, it seems to me, you know, as calm as that sport is, people just stand around and they swing, you know, swing at a, at a stationary ball, <laughs> unlike any other sport. <laughs> I guess billiards, the balls are stationary when you hit them. But... Um, how and why should that sport be so susceptible to scientific and engineering innovations? Yeah, golf is actually the poster child for uh, sports materials innovation. Um, going back, you know, to the 15th century when it was created, they originally played with, you know, round uh, rocks and knots of wood. And then they moved to um, goose um, organs that were stuffed with feathers. Those were called featheries. Those were the golf balls. And then they moved to... Um, what are called guttis, gutta percha is a polymer. Um, and so just throughout history, and now we've got very advanced five-piece balls. When I was thinking about creating my course, I actually went originally uh, entitled it Material Science and Engineering of Golf. Um, but then I decided to broaden it to, to the rest of the sports as well. Oh, I get it. That's cute. You created a golf course. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yay. There we go. See, Chuck, I can yeah. be funny too, Chuck. Yeah, no, not, not with that. <laughs> Damn, Chuck is cold. Chuck don't play. Chuck don't play. Ice cold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, so golf has continually just just innovated. I mean, if even if you look at the clubs, they're called used to be called woods because they were made out of wood. Irons because they used right. to be made out of iron, but they're not made out of wood anymore. They're made out of titanium or comp- composite of carbon fiber. The irons um, aren't iron; they're steel. And, and just golf is just... So they're still so, calling them woods and iron. Wait, they should call them, pass me the titanium, yeah. right? Why don't they do that? Because right. they're just stuck in their ways, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
So this was a, this was another it one was. of your so students. What happened here? What happened with your students? Came what to you with an student? idea. Yeah. One of my students, Caroline, um, we approached Bobby Jones Golf Course, which is of course um, um, named after famous Georgia Tech grad, uh, just up up the road a little bit, and said, you know, there's a lot of innovation in golf. I'm a material scientist. Uh, we don't want to do me too research. What's some unique research out there? And so they we began to talk to them about additive manufacturing, ways to make putters uh, instead of just being cast, where that's where you take a shape and you pour molten metal into it, or forge, which is where you take a solid piece of metal and smash it and shape it into whatever it needs to be, like a putter head. But just thanks for clarifying that. I guess I never thought about it. So forged is in a mold. No. Cast is you shape it. No, different. No, 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 no the, the other way. Reverse. Cat, the way. Yeah. You're, yeah, cast, you pour molten metal into whatever shape you want it to be. And then you may have some post-forming operations or something like that. Uh, whereas forging yeah, okay. is you'll take, you know, a billet of material and smash it between iron hammers. Got it. Okay. Just never thought about it. And, and your student is a, a biomedical engineer. Yep. Caroline's gra- notes are correct. Caroline's graduating uh, this this semester, in fact. Got a good good job. Cool. That's the problem with wow. That's the problem with uh, my workforce is that they have this nasty habit of graduating all the time. So I'm damn. I know. So I'm always replacing. You just flunk them, you know, and they have to repeat. Ah. (laughs) These are your options available to you. They are. That's amazing. Those are available for graduate students. We don't flunk them. We just hold on to them for five, six, seven years and that sort of thing. For more years. Yeah. Well, my advisor told me it was getting a PhD was out all about knowing more and more about less and less. And once I know everything about nothing, that's when she'd give me the degree. So Eric. (laughs) <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but so but I anyway, understand, I don't understand what the purpose, uh, what, because I don't know enough about golf. What could you do to a putter? Because that seems to be the exact same motion for every single golfer I've ever seen. And the ball is already on the flattest surface that there is on the course, which is the green. So what do you do to a putter to to create to, to change that process? It seems like that would be the least, the least susceptible exactly. thing in golf to technological innovation. Right. And, yeah. and, and in a way, you're right. That's why there hasn't been too much technological innovation. But we partnered with uh, Stuart Sink, who's a famous uh, tech alum as well, and golfer. And he... That's the best name for a golfer. And he's the ever. best putter. He's widely, Stuart, Stuart Sink. <laughs> he's widely recognized <laughs> wow. as the yeah. best putter out, out there for... Uh, but but we talked to him and there's there's a variety of different things. Well, um, so we did additive manufacturing. So we we're able to make putters with distributed uh, metal throughout. Um, the other aspect is the... Uh, Wait, just to be clear, it means the density is not constant across the putter or the width or through its depth? Correct. We can change the center of gravity and the moment of inertia. And this is just 3D printed with steel. We did this as practice because really we want to use two different materials. One that's very dense, like tungsten, and one that's much, much lighter, not as dense, like aluminum. And then you can really move the the weight around because you want to influence the ball to roll. You don't want to hit the ball and make it skid. So is that the only process, Judd, that will allow that? 3D printing is the only process that we have right now that allows this variation of density. It would allow a gradient. Right now, what they do is they'll take a piece of these two different materials and put them together and weld them. Uh, and, and so it's a very, it's a step. step oh, yeah. So there'll be an abrupt change. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. You, need, you need a billow and an anvil and a really hot fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and so, you know. And, you mean a bellow. You mean a bellow. A bellow, not a billow. Correct. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what a billow is. Yeah. Check. I don't so, know. So we looked at, um, <laughs> we, we looked at, at, the, at the face inserts. This is, this is really primitive. This, this was version 1.0. So we looked at um, changing the polymeric. Uh, face inserts, they have different angles. So depending on the length of the grass, you can have half degree versus one degree and you can put a couple together and make two and a half or whatever degrees to allow that ball to not get ground into the uh, surface when you putt. Uh, the other aspect, and that has to do with what's known as toe hang. This is version two. Uh, we, we, we added some weight tracks in here on the bottom so that we've- So, so you're holding right now your 3D printed yep. This was also 3D right. printed. Uh, we did a little differently. One of the main reasons that all these holes are here is that it was too heavy. And so we, we did a second design that, that takes out just hundreds of grams of weight to get it more, more comfortable. And one of the things that, that you see, see if I hold it like this, the, the face is basically flat. That's called toe hang. And so depending on where this part of the putter attaches, that's called the hosel, that can adjust it. We have the first adjustable hosel out here. So if I move this. Is, is that allowed? Judges? Yeah, well. Gary, Chuck? I got, 
for see, the time being. See, the thing is, golf is mired in a billion and eight rules mm-hmm. for everything. Mm-hmm. And so did have they come back and yeah. be okay so, in this job? So I just moved, moved that hosel. Now see how it is slanted? See how it's a dip? Yes. So, yes. so the, the connecting point here, we can move it around. And based on my swing versus Chuck's swings, Gary's swing, um, you'll want that you in a different compensate. place. And right, as can. as your swing gets better, Chuck, with with practice, you can move it to a different spot. Otherwise, you have to, with all current technology, you have to go, just go buy another butter. Or you can sometimes wow. bend this, uh, like heat it up and bend it a little bit. So that's that's a key innovation. Um, that the oh, so it's so it's an all in one it's an all in one putter. You, in a sense. You've you've basically made a modular putter that can t- modular putter that, yeah, that, that yeah. changes with your game and, and changes mm-hmm. with your skill level. That's ingenious. Yeah, we also that's Brit and, and now Car- since Caroline's graduating, I told you I, I got to keep the workforce going. So Brit uh, is is our is the next student that's working on here. Uh, instead of the face inserts, we had a little challenge with the face inserts, uh, kind of making an unpleasant clacking sound when you putted. Uh, which which messes with putters' heads. Um, oh God! I know they're going right, right, right. <laughs> How much more just frazzled stop. can these freaking golfers just, be? Just stop! Everybody, no one, it, you can't even crunch a potato exactly. chip while they're swinging. Everybody's I mean, already super silent. Okay, <laughs> the the people who are commenting are just like. Okay, and he's approaching. The they whispered, and they're in a, in a, in a sound booth. Right. Some place That's right. They're four blocks away, and they're just like, <laughs> well, he's about to make it out. Look at what he's doing right now. Okay, so. Well, yeah. I mean, and then, and now you're The t- trouble is, you know, if you were going to do something, Chuck. That the sound of the ball hitting the putter <laughs> may disturb it doesn't, it these guys. Good. Yeah. That, that is. I hate golf so much right Precious. now. <laughs> I know, but you'd think the first thing they do is just turn the volume down on the clothes. They all have the loudest clothes. They should be worried about that first. So the thing is, how do you alter the polymer in the face? Because you, you're kind of thinking you need a more rubberized contact surface to lessen the noise. But if you're putting more rubberized content in there, then you've got deformation when you connect with the ball. So how oh, wait, did you overcome wait, that, Judd? Because everybody, yeah, everybody wait a minute, hates wait a minute, Judd. Let me Let's ask it fair. a different way. So, so how exactly right. did you <laughs> change the face of the butter? Because, of course, the deformation may... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Chuck's got that golf speed really good there. Okay. <laughs> that is great. I'm going to have to practice that when we go to a break. Um, the polymer itself, there's a variety of different uh, polymeric compounds that can be explored. We did this with a company called Carbon 3D that's located up the street here uh, in Atlanta. Uh, they printed this. We also can do metal ones as well. And it, it varies between putter to putter. Putter, the whole game of golf is, is what they call a game of feel. So the way I feel putting is different than you, any of y'all feel. And so the the clacking occurred when we um, is really due to the way we attach it to this face. So we're going to get back to the, having these face inserts because they've got them currently in putters. But um, we wanted to to explore some other things. So Britt moved uh, to this with a standard face, but because of putting, you want to promote the ball rolling immediately off the putter as opposed to sliding a little bit and then starting rolling. You can see the grooves, perhaps. Um, yes, they, there are horizontal grooves going across the face okay. of the uh, up putter. But they are not periodic. They are at different spacing between each other. So if you're slightly above or slightly below the center of gravity of the ball, you'll have a different amount of these grooves grabbing it to promote rolling, whether you're... You can control it. You control. Now, isn't there a regulation at the length of the grass on the green? So what are you saying for tall high grass and slow grass? If you're putting, you're on the green. And so isn't that all very stubby grass? It is stubby grass, but it, it can be differences of millimeters and uh, that, that can make, make a difference. The, the grass itself is not wow. regulated. All sorts of stuff with this putter are regulated from the, the, the width and the depth of those grooves to the length and, and all sorts of other different things. Wow. That is amazing. So now here's, here, I need to know this. So you guys come up with all these great ideas, these, uh, you know, kind of innovations. Um, do you own them? Sort of. Um, Georgia Tech, sort of. The Georgia Tech Research Corporation owns the intellectual property that, that I create uh, using facilities at, at Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech makes no claim whatsoever on any student-based intellectual property that was created. So, for instance, um, when, when Mike created the arm sleeve. The sleeve. 
uh, didn't use any Georgia Tech resources. We didn't go to use sewing machines or anything like that. And so Georgia Tech made no claims on that. So that's 100% his. This, on the other hand, we are using Georgia Tech facilities. Like this, this is the, what this is the putter, the the, the putter, the three D uh, printed. Um, the tools are, are very expensive, and so then we get into discussion, and and they actually did release this IP uh, to Caroline as well. Um, and, and so so Caroline has this IP intellectual property. Intellectual property is filed a patent. Uh, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's patent pending, as they say. Uh, it takes like and that's going to belong to Caroline. Correct. It takes five. Five years and the co-inventors. There, there's a variety of co-inventors. I'm, na I'm named on it as well as some other students. Um, wow! It takes five, to, roughly five years, half dozen years for a patent to get fully prosecuted. Uh, so we're right. a long way from that becoming a fully patent. But we got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to go into Cosmic Queries portion of this Cosmic Queries edition. Stay tuned. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. We're back. Star Talk Cosmic Queries. It's a material world. Oh, materials world. Excuse ah. me. <laughs> yes, not the Madonna kind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Metal, ceramics, material world. Uh, more than one kind of material. Yes, the, indeed. And Judd, how can we find your 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 your? Where do we find your creations? <laughs> uh, go to materials.gatech.edu. Uh, that's the Institute for Materials. We've also uh, got a Twitter. Um, Judd Reedy is on Facebook and LinkedIn. There's only uh, four other Judd Reedy's around, and all of them are dead. So I'm the, I'm the last one around. So that'd be R E A D Y, Judd, Judd Reedy. Sir. And that's uh, two D's. No, right? One D. W one D. So, Gary, you got the questions this time uh, from our Patreon members. So, let's from the Patreoniverse. So, let's do it. This is a long question from Jason M in Bentonville. Biomimicry is a fascinating field of research, both in athletics and robotics. Um, are we currently using it in the exploration about a space? Most of the exploration, for instance, on Mars is, is geared at making larger things. Now, we do have the, the helicopter uh, that's able to fly around, but I think what uh, Jason's asking is little tiny, like insect type, type drones, which uh, yeah. certainly the, the Department of Defense here in the United States is exploring uh, for, for sure. Um, very small insect-like drones. I think the challenge that you would have doing that on an outer space uh, application, some sort of exploration, uh, will be a capability of that individual uh, drone as well as powering it and its survivability in general. Some Many of the, the larger um, rovers are designed to have uh, good power systems and heaters to, to survive the, the very cold cold nights that will um, destroy a lot of the electronics. Uh, but it, 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 certainly there's, there's an extension of larger rovers, but also small things like CubeSats, like we're doing here at Georgia Tech in the, the Center for Space Hardware Assembly, Fabrication, and Testing that I, I uh, direct when I'm not doing sports. 
All right. Um, <laughs> no. So here's, here's the one. I've got to try and pronounce this correctly. Sai Ziggy. Don't be like Chuck now, messing up everybody. S Y you. So I say you make the sense of this. S Y Z Y G Y. Oh, Syzygy. No one actually has that name. Syzygy. is an astronomical term, and nobody's named that. So they just that's just their handle for sure. What's Syzygy? Syzygy. What's that mean, Neil? Yes, I'm lost with that. I'm lost in space. The only word where it's S Y Z Y G has like five or four or five consecutive letters, which when written in script all dip below the line. There's a stupid little fact about it. Mm. A syzygy is when any three uh, objects that are part of an orbital system have the same azimuth in space. So well, uh, an eclipse, the sun, moon, and the earth are in syzygy. Gotcha. Um, either a lunar eclipse or a solar eclipse. That's all it is. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Orion's belt. Syzygy. Or as I would... Or as I mangled it, syzygy. <laughs> anyway, the question, this, here's the question. Take an imaginative punt at how nanotechnology will impact human health and improve human abilities. Yeah, I would say. I would say and, Jeff, before we on, begin, Jeff. I've heard people not use nano properly. Nano means one billionth of. And they, they talk about a nanobot, and it's something that you can hold in two hands. It's sitting right? on a table. It's sitting on a table. That's, my na that's not a nanobot. That's a full-fledged bot. If it were nano size, you wouldn't be able to see it. So, so Judd, how are you guys using the, the prefix nano? Yeah, nano is just 10 to the minus 9. Um, so it's a, a, a thousandth of the size of a, of a human hair. You know, very, very small structures. But nano in the 90s got a really good name. There's a lot of funding thrown behind it. So everybody's just slapping nano on whatever. Micro would be a better uh, fra phrasing, yeah, definitely. which is 10 to the minus 6. Six zeros instead of nine zeros. Um, so, so how will nano affect things? Well, first of all, uh, our entire body is, is already nano structured. So it, it's very natural for us to begin to interface at those link scales that mother nature has already figured out over many millions of years. Now humankind is, is able to start engineering at those scales. So certainly interfacing with any of the electrical aspects of our body, like our eyes, ears, tactile senses, any sort of, uh, uh, paralysis, like your, your central nervous system, those those are there. Uh, we we definitely use nanotechnology to engineer, say, the titanium implants that you might have in your hip replacement. We already do that now. You've also got polymeric implants, ceramic materials. Uh, all of these are engineered, maybe not necessarily at the nano level to the minus nine zeros, but certainly the micro level. Um, Let so me ask you this. Does uh, both you and Neil... So does the engineering of something like MNRA, does that considered nanotech since you're working on what is clearly a cellular level? I'd say, yeah. I think, I mean, as long as you Well, cellular is much bigger than Well, MNRA. cellular is bigger than, than MNRA. What, what I would say, I'm saying. Working I can within, summarize this. Within, working within the cellular level. I, can't, I can summarize this. You cannot build something okay. more intricate than the scale of the tools you're using. You can't, you can't, right? So, so if you're going to put together a building and it's made of bricks, sure, you can, you, bricklayers can do that, okay? But if the building is made of cells and all you have are forklifts, it's, you can't build it, okay? So the scale of the tools has to match the scale of what it is you are assembling if you want to control what you're assembling. And often, medically, we will co-opt what are already biological tools Correct. that your body has in order to build or destroy cells that are smaller right. than the size of our tools. But, but so in you, the you, limit... Yeah, but wait a minute, let me push back. So you're not counting the manipulation of those readily available tools, although they serve other purposes, if you are co-opting them, you have turned them into so-called the tools of your particular trade. Yes, but they have to... Like, like you can control enzymes, right? Yes. That can then make something else happen. Sure, but yes, but the, the enzyme is still a tool in that sense okay. that is doing the work for you, and the size of the enzyme is commensurate with the size of what it is it's trying to make happen. So, Judd, are you with me on that? Do you, do you agree with me there? Yes, certainly, and, and the tools that we have to do to do nanotechnology um, did not exist when I was born. Or any, and They're just now advancing where we can physically manipulate individual atoms if we need to, or in the DNA sense that you're able to uh, alter um, aspects of it. So, so I think we're done with this topic. I just want to make it clear that 
the yeah. size of the tools matter. No, that for makes it sense. It makes sense. Yeah, mm -hmm. it makes sense totally. Okay, so next question: Zeki Majed asks, would we reach a point where biomechatronics would be advanced enough to help us adapt to something like zero G? without long-term complications that it carries I would right say, now. I would say the challenges with, with long-term spaceflight, first depends on where you're at. I mean, because we spent over a year in Earth orbit, um, both Russians and Americans. I think Scott's a little bit shy of one year, mm -hmm. uh, but certainly cumulatively. And that, Scott Kelly. Scott Kelly, exactly. I, He's on a first name basis with these. Uh, folks. You know, that's how we okay. roll at Georgia Tech. We know them all. <laughs> we've, great, we've got a great space innovations that we'll hope you come to. Well, we've know. had Scott Kelly as a guest on Star Talk. So there. There we go. <laughs> mm -hmm. Good guy. His brother's a good guy as well. So so around the earth, you're protected from the radiation. You're 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 within uh, the magnetic field. So that's keeping the, the cosmic particles from from doing you harm. Now, if we go to the moon or the Mars or or Enceladus or wherever, we're outside of that range and, and maybe even increase radiation, for instance, if we're sending humans to the vicinity of Jupiter. That, I think, is, is the major impediment to, to life. It's not the zero G. Um, that, that, I mean, that affects your bones uh, and, and a little bit of your vision and other sorts of things. But I think the primary concern is going to be the cosmic ray and the other radiation impacts at a cellular level. And that's going to be that's going to be tough to overcome. Uh, we're going to have to build in mechanisms in the spacecraft to prevent um, that radiation from penetrating the human bodies, whether it's simple things or, like or would you Or would you build in the mechanism to the human dermis, like like what we do with sunscreen? We, you know, we slather that on top, but is there, when you talk about nanotech, like, wouldn't you be able to, you know, figure out a way to put a barrier underneath your, like, fourth layer of uh, of skin there? Potentially. The sunscreen works because of the wavelength of ultraviolet light, whereas the wavelength right. of these cosmic particles is vastly different um, that it may not be able to prevent. Um, but, you know, that's a, that's a really good... Good concept. Robert Bork, Robert Bork has asked, is there any organism that biomimicry could replicate to take on climate change that would be better than the possible technology advancement we could make? I just really like the change of heart that Robert Bork has. Last time I saw him, he was a strongly conservative Supreme Court nominee. <laughs> and now for him yeah. to be concerned about climate change, I mean, that's, I'm really glad he's picked up some science books and put down the law books. Um, <laughs> nice to see people change. Yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. can change. It shows, shows that. Um, so is there an organism? Well, the, the problem with climate change is that we're changing the carbon inside the earth into gaseous carbon, uh, carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide, which is creating uh, differences in, in temperature, both high and cold. You know, they don't, you don't call it global warming anymore because it's both high and low. So the, the, the ability to store that carbon dioxide or do something with it would be, would be great. So you can pump it into the ocean, the bottom of the ocean, they, they say, but then that makes the ocean acidic and is no good for the, the fish. Um, or you can pump it into old wells like caves and that sort of thing, and, and hopefully it'll get dissolved back into the rocks. Or you can let trees do it. Pump it down into basalt. Yeah, yeah. Trees, yeah, I mean, trees convert the carbon dioxide on their own, but the, the vast majority of, of of conversion is actually from plankton in, in the ocean, as opposed to like the rainforest. Certainly, cutting down the rainforest is no good from a, a perspective of sustainability and absorbing that. But if you could engineer an algae-like substance, um, that would be a very useful uh, material to. To, to convert that CO2 into, say, oxygen, which, which could be useful. Now, converting too much into oxygen has its own trouble as well. So Earth is at a really nice Goldilocks point. We're not like Venus, which has way too much carbon uh, and greenhouse gases, and not like Mars, which has hardly any at all. Uh, we're at kind of a nice point. But the problem is, and we've been... Wait, 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 just to be clear. Mars is basically 100% CO2. It's just very, very little. Thin, yes, that's... Right, apologize. Right, so all the gas that is there is actually greenhouse gas, but it can't trap the heat because it's too thin. Too thin of right. an atmosphere. Mm -hmm. So, but really, yeah. what you're saying is the idea. Some mitigation might happen through capture, but the real deal is we have to stop 
putting carbon into the atmosphere. We got to stop with the carbon. We got to stop with the methane, these greenhouse gases that we're pumping into the atmosphere on such a uh, gigaton basis. We got to stop that. Then- but clearly, Bork, Bork doesn't want to do that. He wants he wants Judd to invent something <laughs> that he can keep putting carbon in the air. And then Judd takes it out. Take this is, that's the whole point of the question. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think just the... The, the the production of the of the CO2 uh, needs to slow down and people say, well, volcanoes you have a whole bunch of CO2, but you can very easily track the the development of humanity um, and the the emissions and, and see a direct correlation. It's very it's it's very clear when you plot it. And it's not it's not a matter of science. Judd, we know that. Really. We're trying to get you to fix it. I know. <laughs> we know that. work with it again. I'm not a biologist, so so I'll, I'll need to talk to you. I'm not a biologist, Jim. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm an engineer, Jim. Damn it, Jim. But there's <laughs> certainly mechanisms of, of catalysis where where you convert one material, say CO2, to some other material that becomes beneficial. For instance, as Neil was mentioning, uh, for Mars, they're considering converting that CO2 uh, to rocket fuel. You bring along uh, some additional components, specifically the hydrogen, and you can do a, a reaction to take the CO2 and the hydrogen and make methane. And then you can burn that, um, which uh, will help you get off the surface of Mars or hop around the surface of Mars, as the case may be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is we need you coming and going. In our sports, in our space exploration, and even in our survival. Just look around. I just ask your readers to look around themselves right now, or or listeners to to look around themselves. And there's there's glasses, there's metals, there's they'll call them plastics. I don't allow my students to do that. We call them polymers. Um, And then all of those have been engineered. Even wood uh, is engineered to a degree from a shaping perspective, and some is preferentially planted. All right, guys, I think we're going to have to call it quits there. But the lesson here is that we need Judd for, for everything. civilization. <laughs> everything. I mean, once a week, yeah, you, have you know, yep. 50 bucks, 50, I'll charge you. The, nah, we'll, we'll make it 100 bucks now. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll talk. We'll talk. I just know that we have to We'll get my people, call your people, Judd. We'll make that, that happen. Been, yeah. All right, guys. Uh, Judd, it's been really good to have you this second, or is it third time on this program? And th- this will happen again for sure, and we'll and we'll have you cross over into our uh, Star Talk flagship and talk about just a, a, a broader conversation about materials and civilization. We got this. All right, Chuck, Gary, always good to have you. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Neil. All right, guys. Thank you. This has yep. been Star Talk Sports Edition. That's the materials. Neil deGrasse Tyson here, your personal astrophysicist. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.